You're listening to episode number 22 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about the difference between cravings and food urges and why it really matters. I'm master life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. It is so good to be home, back in my office, which is a mess still, but that's all right. We're we're getting back to it. I was at our condo this past week, uh, just trying to get things ready, putting together furniture, purchasing items, making returns, trying to do all of the things, getting it fixed up and ready. We are going to use it as a vacation home for ourselves, as well as listing it on Airbnb and using it as a short-term rental. So we are super excited about this opportunity, and we love the town that we bought in. But it's just been a lot of work. It's been a lot more work than I think either of us expected and a little more time consuming. Anytime you're doing work on the house or on a home, multiply it by four and that's how long it's going to take you to do it than what you think it should be taking you. So today I want to dive into and talk about cravings and food urges. With Halloween coming up and there's lots of candy around, I'm sure there's already candy in your house, candy at the office, there's tons of candy in the grocery store, the gas station. It's just inundating us this time of year. And a lot of times we will blanket these two things of cravings and food urges together as one. And we we think of it all as the same. Any desire for food, we consider a craving. And I want to talk about these in two different settings because we are going to solve for each one differently. That's why it's important to distinguish what's truly a craving and what's simply an urge. As we go through Halloween and we get into Thanksgiving and we get more into the holidays and there being a lot more cookies and pies and just sweets and desserts, there's likely going to be more wine and champagne and cocktails and fun things, events and parties. And, and it's not that we have to shy away from them. I want you to feel in control around food. I want you to feel confident walking into any room and not being freaked out by the food and what you can and can't eat. I also don't want you to feel like the the only option is to say, it's too hard to lose weight during the holidays. Screw it. I'll try again next year or I'll start in January or I don't want to miss out. I don't want to restrict and deprive. I want to enjoy this time. So I'm just going to throw all of these kind of healthy habits and these ideas to the wayside until the holidays are over. And it doesn't have to be this either or all or nothing thing that we often think it is during the holidays. So it's a great time to talk about cravings and then urges. Let's dive in to cravings because this is often the blanket term that we use anytime we have a desire. But what I define a craving is it's your body's physiological response to what you are currently eating or not eating, what you might be doing or not doing in terms of exercise, how much water you're drinking or how much sleep you're getting or not. These cravings actually come as a physiological response. So when we restrict certain foods or food groups, when we try to simply cut calories, and it's often with an extreme reduction, most of us, especially when we start diets, it's not like a, let's taper back how much we're eating. No, we are like going balls to the walls. It's, hey, we are going from eating 150 grams of carbs a day to eating five. Like that's our goal. And we think that we should just be able to turn on a dime. But that's not how our bodies work. And so when we even think about weight loss from this long-term 
perspective. Weight loss was not even a thing until like maybe 50, 60 years ago. We just have not had that much access to food. And our bodies were designed to store weight because it was used to this feast and famine. It's used to lots of opportunity to eat, and we want to store on that weight. That way we can survive and it will sustain ourselves through the winter, through these harsh periods where we're not getting anything. That's ultimately how our bodies are designed. So it is trying to keep you alive when you are restricting food, you're restricting calories, you're restricting carbs, for example. I'm just going to use carbs here because I know that's a common one these days. When you're restricting fat, when we go into this restriction mode, our body starts to think, oh shit, there's a famine. And it wants to keep you alive. So it's thinking, oh no, we need to get some food. So I better send out some increased hunger signals. I better send out these increased cravings. I better make sure that this girl is eating because it seems like something bad is happening. We want to start to look at where this is happening, what we're craving, and why, because the way that we solve for cravings is going to be to change how we're eating from a a holistic standpoint. So common cravings are like when you're trying to cut calories or cut fat. Most of the time, in order to cut more calories, we often defer to cutting more fat. And so you're going to crave high-energy foods. So higher fat foods like nuts, nut butters, chips. When you are cutting carbs and you're trying to restrict there, often we're going to crave quick energy foods. So cookies, chips, popcorn, crackers. It's going to be more carbs, simple carb type of foods. When it comes to food urges, on the other hand, this is going to be your emotional desire for food. So this can be an automatic habit that uh, food or wine or something is how I relax. It's simply this emotional desire to reach for food as a way of avoiding negative emotions, of procrastinating on tasks that we don't want to do, as a way of really distracting ourselves from what we might be thinking or feeling throughout the day. And so urges are going to feel very urgent in the moment, right? It's going to be, I need this and I need it now. And while two to three bites of a food, while a little bit might satisfy a craving, when you have an urge, you're going to want like that entire bag of candy. You're going to keep going back for more and more. When we have urges, that's when we feel insatiable. And urges are always going to stem from a thought or a belief about a circumstance. So it's not about the food. It's not just about what we're eating or what we're consuming. It's not about sleep and water and in these other physiological things, the way that cravings are, right? Because cravings, our body is just trying to keep us alive. With food urges, it's more of that emotional desire, that emotional need that comes out. And so two core triggers for urges are urges for food or alcohol that stem from habits. So the time of day. It could just be that you are in the habit of eating food at a certain time. You are in the habit of walking by the candy dish and grabbing a handful. It's not that you're addicted to food. You are not addicted to sugar. It's that you have a thought of, oh, it's 2 p.m. It's time for a snack. You have a thought that, oh, I finished dinner. I'm ready for dessert. You have a thought of, oh, I'm off mom duty. Time for a glass of wine. Or you get home from work and you're like, all right, the day is over. Time for some wine while I make dinner. So urges will also stem from not wanting to feel a negative emotion. So again, you're not addicted to food. You simply are in the habit of distracting yourself from negative emotions with food. So you have a thought like everyone else is drinking more wine. 
I don't want to seem awkward or unfun. I don't want to miss out. This is going to be a good time. I better drink too. It could be like, ugh, I really don't want to do this task right now. A snack will make it better. It might be a thought of, well, I'll save money if I eat the donuts that are in the break room. I'll save money if I eat the, the buffet and I just binge and gorge myself on it. I'll make sure I get my money's worth out of it. Who turns down free food? This is extra. So this urge for food or for alcohol stems from a thought. We want to reinforce to ourselves that there is no comfort or pleasure in overeating to satisfy an urge. And the thing with urges is that they feel really intense and urgent, but they don't last a long time. When we take just 90 seconds to breathe through it, we find that our cortisol level drops. We can think more clearly and rationally. We're not just operating out of the habit brain anymore. We can move forward in a way where we can make a very conscious decision. Because in both of these cases, with cravings and with urges, we are making a decision to eat. We are making a decision to drink. It may not feel like it. Sometimes it feels like we're operating on autopilot, but there is a very subtle thought that is dictating this. We want to just remind ourselves and reinforce the fact that overeating to satisfy this urge is not going to solve my problem. That food right here is not going to solve my emotion. It's not going to solve the negative thoughts. It's not going to solve my feelings about myself or about my kids or about my day, about my spouse. We've got to start to separate these two things. The other thing is that your circumstances or feelings, your past, those don't make you eat. We eat because of a thought. A lot of my clients will often experience different cravings and food urges and A lot of times the urges also stem from the food rules. So when I tell myself I can't have this, I shouldn't have that, I'm bad if I eat this, I should be eating these other things. We have these ideas around like I can't lose weight and still eat candy. I can't lose weight and still eat pie. I can't lose weight and still eat bread. We have a lot of food rules about what we can and can't eat that also impact these urges and this desire for food because a lot of times we want what we can't have. Oh, that's off limits. Oh, I want it now. (laughs) Oh, I shouldn't eat that. Oh, I need it. And the more you tell yourself things like I'm addicted to food or I'm addicted to sugar, the more that you give over all of your power and control, we often will feel completely helpless and hopeless because you have no power. You have no control whatsoever. And I think that's such a disservice to ourselves when we can really learn how to think differently and do things differently. We just have to start to slow things down. We have to start to pause. We have to breathe, right? We have to just take these short-term moments where we don't let the physical sensations in our body drive and dictate everything. This is often where we think that we need willpower. We think that, well, in order to say no, I need to say no from a place of deprivation, from a place of self-loathing, from a place of punishment, of no, you weigh too much, you're not allowed to eat this. No, you can't. No, you shouldn't. That's not what healthy people do. That's not what people who lose weight do. It's a very punitive conversation that we have with ourselves around saying no, when really we have to look at how is saying no a good thing? How is saying no self-love? How is saying no a gift instead of a punishment? And this is often why we have such a problem and such a hard time saying no is because we see it as a punishment. And that's what we have to start to change in our mind is not just 
how we see cravings and how we see food urges, but how we see food as a whole. How do we see our weight loss process as a whole? How do we change this relationship to food where instead of being at war with it, instead of being at war with our bodies and with ourselves, we can start to look at how do I create this healthy relationship with all food, where all food is good, where all food is on the table, where I can plan and eat whatever I want every single day, and I can decrease restriction, which will ultimately decrease the overeating and the binging that we have. Because typically what happens is when it's the bad food and we've started to eat it, now we're just going to say, screw it, I'll try again next week. Screw it, I'll start over on Monday. Screw it, I'll start over on the first of the month. We have all of these permission-giving thoughts and excuses and justifications as to why we're going to eat the foods that we eat. And so we really need to look at this conversation that we're having around food, around sugar, around carbs, around food rules. What is it that we think is truly of a food rule? What are all the foods that we think we can't eat and still lose weight? This is the real work that needs to be done. It's not about the burpees or the miles run. It's about how are we thinking about food? How are we thinking about ourselves? Are we thinking that weight loss is going to make us happier? Are we thinking that weight loss is going to make us like ourselves better? This is what we want to start to dig into. By digging into the food rules and by starting to create a realistic, doable, easy plan that feels fun, that includes the foods that we love, that we enjoy, and we eat them very consciously, we eat them very intentionally, we eat them when we are truly physically hungry, and we stop at satisfied. And then we go to work on looking at where are the cravings coming up? And where is that showing you where you need more sleep, you need more water, you need to maybe change your plan and what you're eating? Do you have enough healthy fats in your meal? Do you have enough protein? Are you getting enough carbs? Because trust me, if if you're like me and you grew up where in the back of your mind, it's, oh, carbs are bad. We have a fear of carbs. There was a time when a health coach had told me I should eat six servings of carbs per day. And I was like, you are bat crap crazy, lady. I don't know who you think you are, but that is not going to work for me. And that wasn't realistic for me to go from trying to eat zero to eating six. I had mental drama that I needed to work through in order to get to a place where I was comfortable eating carbs, where I could eat when I was truly hungry and be satisfied, where I could realize that all of my attempts to try to low carb never actually worked because I had these cravings and these urges that I would just give into later on in the night. So even though I might have been doing low carb during the day, I was then getting in my four, five, six servings of carbs that night, eating popcorn and protein bars and chips and nuts and trying to to kind of compensate. Again, my body just trying to keep me alive. So not only was I experiencing cravings, I was also experiencing food urges, trying to distract myself from all of my negative thoughts about me and my life, my job, my career, my husband, and what were we doing with our lives? So there was a lot happening. We can certainly experience both. This is why, though, we want to distinguish between the two so that we can truly look and identify, okay, where in my lifestyle and in my habits do I need to change things? And then where in my thought process do I need to change things? And how do I start to look at that and to recognize that? How do I start to say no from a place of self-love? How do I say no, not today, and feel okay with it and not see it as punishment, but see it as the best way to love myself? How do I feel okay with this physical sensation for two minutes? Because really, most of us are not, we're unwilling to experience that for even a short amount of time. We're so quick to start reaching for food to solve it. And there's no shame 
in sitting through an urge and allowing an urge and thinking through, maybe doing some journaling and then still deciding you want to eat. There's not a problem with eating. We're not going to beat ourselves up. We're not going to judge ourselves, but we're not going to also just be apathetic about it and be like, that happened. I'll try harder tomorrow. Because trying harder is not the solution. That's not the answer. If all we had to do was just try harder, we would have figured this out by now, but we haven't. And so this is often what leads us into starting to decode and unwind our emotional eating, because that is what the food urges are telling us. Where am I not managing my mind? What are the emotions that I'm trying to avoid? And I can start to look at, well, what am I actually feeling in the moment? Why am I feeling this? And really get honest. This is how we are going to solve for urges, is by understanding what we're thinking and what we're feeling in the moment, how we've been thinking and feeling throughout the day, throughout the week. Maybe it's things that we've thought and felt for a long time that we just keep trying to push down and pretend aren't there, that it's not happening. This is how we solve for the cravings versus the urges. And this is how you're going to get through the holidays and feel good and feel confident about yourself, about feeling good saying no, is by really starting to look at what's an urge and what's not. What's on your plan? Are you even planning? What are the foods that you still think you can't eat and lose weight? Because I guarantee food is not calling your name. You are not addicted. You might enjoy it. You might be using it as a coping mechanism, but your brain has simply learned that food solves your problems, that food makes you feel better. It's just a thought error. We just have to clean a few things up. It's not as all-encompassing or terrible or big or cumbersome as we might think. So I've got a whole mini course on this called Conquer Your Cravings. You can learn more about it at bodyyoucrave.com forward slash cravings. You've got videos that you can watch, gives you resources, there's bonuses, but it really takes you through what is the difference between cravings and urges? How do I start to solve for the craving? How do I solve for the food urge? How do I really move through this? How do I make it easier on myself to say no in the moment? How do I say no without using willpower? How do I lose weight without using willpower? There are some of these bigger questions that we have and we can really struggle with. And often whenever somebody else is telling you what you can or can't eat, even if we think we can get on board with it, we are likely going to need willpower. I remember thinking, oh, I just want to lose five pounds. And it was, I want to lose five pounds because I want to feel differently about myself. I want to think differently about myself. And that was something that we never addressed, number one. And I think that's a big, that's a big missing piece is that we don't always look at why am I looking to lose weight? Is it because I think I'm going to like myself more? or because other people are going to like me more, because that's what was going on back then. But I remember going over my plan with her and she was saying, okay, we're going to cut out all processed foods and your coffee in the morning, I just want you to use cashew milk or almond milk, but I don't want you using anything else. And I was used to using like sweetener or hot cocoa or making my like mochas. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. In the moment thinking, there is absolutely no flipping way I am giving up this mocha lady. I don't know who you think you are, but that's not happening. I wasn't being honest with her. Like, that's on me. (laughs) I needed to own that fact. I needed to be the one that was like, you know what? I don't think that's going to work. I I should have stood up more in what was realistic for me. But I, I wanted to lose that weight. And I kept thinking, this is the solution. She must have the answer. There must be something that I don't know. And one of her mottos was like, lose weight without willpower. And that was a big thing. And once I got this plan, though, I always felt like I needed willpower because she cut out all my protein bars. I got one or two squares of dark chocolate at the end of the night. That was the only like sweet thing that I had outside of maybe like an apple. But I was used to eating like nuts and chocolate and snacking throughout the afternoon. We never really worked on the overeating or the emotional eating. I never learned how to solve for that until several years later. 
But I was like, all right, I can do this. She's got to try harder. And every morning I would wake up and think, today's going to be the day. Today I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick with this plan. I got this. By the end of the afternoon, I was like, I can't do this. I had cravings. I had urges. I was terrified of carbs still. I was still trying not to eat them. I just didn't know how to do it any differently. And I kept thinking, this is what I should be doing. This is how I should be eating. And because I kept trying to stick with somebody else's plan of what I should be eating or should not be eating, I needed willpower because I wasn't the one making the plan. I was trying to white knuckle and grit my teeth and just make it through it. I had no clue how to handle cravings, how to handle urges. Her approach is not bad. I think eating more real foods is great. I think eating less packaged foods is great. But we have to be mindful, again, of these extreme shifts and these extreme changes that create and drive the cravings and they drive the urges. I also had to learn how to manage my thoughts and my emotions about myself all throughout the day, all throughout the week. I didn't know how to do that. I just, I didn't know back then what I know now. So I can handle these cravings. I can handle these urges so much easier. I'd say I don't really get cravings anymore. Most of what I have are urges. And I still get to work on like, how do I feel relaxed around them? How do I say no from a place of self-love? And I think we've got to look at how do we make it fun? How do we make it rewarding to say no? So I use what I call a successful urge tracker. And this is something that's in the Conquer Your Cravings course as well. But I teach you how to use this as I stick this on the refrigerator. And every time I have a successful urge, I write it down. And I get a prize at the end of the month. Or if there's 15 lines and maybe it's every two weeks, hey, I get something. I've got to make it a good thing for me to say no. It has to be beneficial. There has to be something positive. It cannot be punishment to say no. And this is the other thing is it can't be in six months I get this thing. No, there's a short-term reward. It may not be instant. It may not be right then and there, but it's nope in two weeks. I get this massage. In two weeks, I get this facial. It has to be short-term enough to where the reward is coming soon. It's not like way over there down the road because if I had to wait a month or two or three months to get this reward, it's going to make saying no in the beginning pretty hard because I'm thinking, crap, I got to say no 60 times before I get this thing over here, before I get this prize. That's one thing that I've started doing. The other thing is to really reward yourself with positive self-talk. With that high five of, hell yeah, Jillian, you are crushing it. Way to go. Way to say no. I am so proud of you. You normally don't even pause. And this time you paused and you thought about it. And even if you decide to eat, like really praising yourself for the progress that you're making, praising yourself for saying no, for saying, hey, you know what? I'm truly not hungry. I'm going to say no. You know what? I recognize this is a time when I'm typically snacking. I do not need this. We've got to start to praise ourselves more for these steps, for the progress, not just the end result. We start here. We start today and we start implementing. We start taking action. Don't let another week go by just listening to these podcast episodes and not implementing something. If you are struggling with any of this, if you need any help around cravings or urges, around creating a realistic, doable food plan, number one, go to bodyyoucrave.com forward slash cravings and get Conquer Your Cravings. Get the course, use the tools that are here and available for you to start to manage your cravings, to manage the urges, to think about how you want to do this differently, especially now as we come up on the holidays and there's going to be a lot more foods. And reach out for help. If you need some extra help or support, I would love to chat with you and talk about how can you do this. Bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. You'll get on my calendar. Find a day and time that works for you and let's talk. Let's spend one hour really digging into what's getting in your way. 
Where do you feel like you have no control? Where do you feel like you are powerless around food? Where are the times where you have a hard time saying no or saying no feels like a punishment and you're just not sure how to change that? Get help, get support, start implementing. This is what it's all about. The content here that I put out is amazing. It's awesome. (laughs) I know that it is so incredibly valuable, but it's not gonna do you any good if you don't actually use it, if you don't implement it, if you don't start small and don't just take that next step, that next best step. It might just be a simple, hey, I need to take this week and recognize that all foods are good. I'm gonna plan all the foods that I truly enjoy eating and what I want to be eating, and I'm really gonna listen to making sure I'm eating when I'm hungry and I'm stopping and satisfied. Or I'm really gonna get curious on pausing before I have a craving or an urge, like when I'm in that moment, and really just ask myself and check in, what food do I want right now? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Some simple steps, some simple pieces that you can start to put into place are going to create this massive compound effect. And this is how you lose your weight and keep it off for life. This is how you lose weight and still savor the holidays and still savor all of the food. But more importantly, you're savoring the quality time with people. You are making memories. You're building relationships. This is what we want. I will be back later in November to talk more about urges and saying no. I'll be talking about sugar and why we're not addicted to sugar because I think this is a common misconception and often it can just lead to this like screw it thinking, but recognizing we have to have a healthy relationship with it. And that starts by saying that it's not bad. It's not evil. It's not toxic. It's not off limits. We have to take the temperature down on all of the language that we use around certain foods. So again, if you need some help or you need support, feel free to reach out and definitely check out Conquer Your Cravings. I will put a link in the show notes as well. Make sure you look at that because it is so powerful and so valuable. And it's only $37, y'all. It is the cheapest, easiest way to work with me and to create such great results for yourself this time of year. It's very simple. I think there's four or five core modules. It's not gonna take you very long to get through. And I give you resources to help you implement. And if you get stuck, you can always reach out for a call. All right. Have a fabulous week, everybody. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy Halloween and the candy or other like fall festivals you might be doing this time of year. And I will see you all next week in November. I can't believe we are. We are already toward the end of the year. And my son is turning one in a week and a half. It's so crazy. I have loved being a mom and having him home with me and just all the time that we've gotten to spend together. And it just blows my mind how quickly it's all gone by. I feel like every day and every week since he was born has just gone by so fast. But I've loved every bit of it. So I'll be back to uh, talk and gush about him a little later. But until then, have a great one, y'all. Here's to creating the body and life you crave even during the holidays. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.